1: Fox News Podcast presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. Joining us tonight, former New Jersey governor, presidential candidate this year, Governor Chris Christie. Governor, thanks for being here.
2: Wow, it's great to be here, Brett. Thanks.
1: It's a gorgeous day, except we're sorry about the smog.
2: That's okay. Not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it's a Canada problem. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. You
1: know, I start every presidential candidate interview with, with this. What what do you think is the most pressing issue facing our country?
2: The most pressing issue facing our country is the economy, Brett. Um, Still, the ravages of inflation are affecting everyday families across this country, um, and that's made worse by the regulatory regime that the Biden administration has put in, restricting businesses' ability to grow, create more jobs, and do it naturally. Uh, it's been too much government spending, Brett, and we've got to cut down on this government spending in a significant way. I dealt with that when I was governor of New Jersey with huge deficits, and we need discipline in the Oval Office to do it again.
1: A lot of Republicans say the focus needs to be on beating Biden, because they say President Biden is obviously part of the problem in their minds. They look to you and say, are you in this race just to take on former President Trump?
2: No. And I talked about this in New Hampshire, Brett. Um, the, those two things are not mutually exclusive. He's the frontrunner. And if you want to be the nominee, which I want to be the nominee and I want to be the guy who beats Joe Biden, you got to beat Donald Trump first. Um, he is far and away the frontrunner. And so the idea that somehow those are divisible, that going directly at Donald Trump, isn't about winning it's all about winning and i think what's the problem with the other candidates in the race so far is they treat him like voldemort from the harry potter books you know he who shall not be named if you want to win there's one lane in my view in the republican primary and it's the lane that donald trump is at the head of and you've got to go through him to win the primary and then beat joe biden
1: all right this is you in 2016 about donald trump you say He's rewriting the playbook in American politics because he's providing strong leadership that's not dependent on the status quo. He's a good friend. He's a strong and resolute leader. I am confident that leadership can be provided by just one man, Donald Trump. We're going to be working real hard right up to Election Day tomorrow to get the wins for this guy and put him in the White House, Donald Trump. What changed?
2: He changed. He changed in material ways. I've known him for 22 years. Um, And what I was hoping to do by endorsing him early recognizing that he had won in New Hampshire, he had won in South Carolina and almost won in Iowa. He was the nominee. And I thought as a longtime friend, I could make him a better candidate and a better president. I was wrong. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. And it was certainly better, in my view, than having Hillary Clinton as president of the United States. But he disappointed me and he disappointed the country, said he was going to build a wall. He didn't do it. Said Mexico was going to pay for it. We haven't gotten the first peso. Said he was going to balance the budget in four years. He's got left with the biggest deficit of any president in history. Um, Said he was going to retire the national debt in eight years. We got more trillions more national debt because of his spending. He disappointed me. He disappointed us. I believe that then. But he let me down and he let the country down.
1: All right, if you look at the Real Clear Politics average of polls, and yes, it's early, and yes, you're right, he is overwhelmingly leading in this uh, primary race in the beginning. Um, and you're down at roughly 1%. How do you change that dynamic in that short amount of time?
2: Work. It's just about working and being able to articulate why we need a change in the Republican Party. And to all my Republican friends out there, I say, I'm tired of losing, and I know you are too. Um, 18, 20, 22. We've done a ton of losing, as you know. You've been covering it. Um, And this is the result of this is Joe Biden in the White House. We had two years of Democratic control of the Congress, Brett. We can't have that any longer. It's led to the inflation we've had. It's led to not being respected around the world. It's led to an educational system that is removing parents from the system of teaching, helping to teach their children. Uh, These are all things that are wrong and they are the results of Donald Trump's political failures. So we need a change, and and I'm going to offer that change. I'm going to offer it flat out and directly. I'm not going to play around with this, Brett. I'm going to be direct about what the problem is, my prescription for it, and let the people judge.
1: The problem being the Democratic administration or the problem being former President Trump?
2: Both. First thing we have to deal with is the problem within our own party. That's the way the system works. And Donald Trump has led us to nothing but losing. He is a loser over and over and over again. And we can't have that. We can't have him against Joe Biden. We've already seen that movie. And we saw the result, 306 electoral votes for Joe Biden. We don't want to see that again.
1: So what do you say to the 50 plus percent of Republicans who say they're going to vote for him again?
2: Oh well, look, that's what they're saying now. Back then, at this time, back in 2015, only 4% said they were voting for him. 8% at this time, uh, eight years ago, were voting for me. Um, and 11% for Jeb Bush. And he and Scott Walker were tied at the top. Brett there is you know there's a lifetime to go in all this and I'm aware of the polls and I understand exactly what you're talking about but I do believe that I've seen all kinds of races across this country not just presidential ones where how you conduct yourself what you're saying to the American people they listen.
1: All right speaking of polls here's the former president. I don't know why people are doing it about running. They're at 1%, some are at zero. I hear Chris Christie is coming in. He says he was at, he was 6% in New Jersey. I love New Jersey, but 6% approval rating in New Jersey. What's the purpose? And yesterday about your speech, he said, how many times did Chris Christie use the word small? Does he have a psychological problem with size? Actually, his speech was small, not very good. It rambled all over the place. In other words, he, he put a Truth Social post out there going after your speech. How do you respond to
2: both those things? Well, first of all, he's wrong about the numbers in New Jersey. And by the way, I ran a blue state for eight years, as you know how blue New Jersey is. And when you bring conservative solutions to that, you're going to lose a lot of people along the way. I was willing to expend that popularity in order to get the things done that we did, capping property taxes, firing the Camden Police Department and bringing in a new one that's led to 67% drop in the murder rate in Camden, and on and on. So pension and benefit reform. But when you do those things against the special interests in New Jersey, your ratings are gonna drop. He's wrong about the ratings. But let me just say this, I was willing to spend that capital in order to accomplish something for the people of my state. Secondly, as to his size stuff, you know, look, um, he's a juvenile, he's a baby. Only children talk like that. And, and is that the character we want sitting in the White House any longer? Is that what we want to bring back? Look, Joe Biden is dreadfully incompetent and he needs to be replaced. But if we nominate Donald Trump, a baby, a child like that, who speaks that way about people... And by the way, he never said that about me when he offered me White House Chief of Staff. He never said that about me when he offered me Secretary of Homeland Security twice. Never said that about me when he offered me Secretary of Labor. I wasn't any of those things then. Look, the minute you speak out against him, Brett, you know what he does? He lashes back out like a child. And if you or I were raising that child, we'd send them to the room, not to the White House.
1: Former Vice President Mike Pence in the race, uh, that sends its own message. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the race and previously an ally of Donald Trump. What, what does that say and what about those gentlemen and the others uh, as far as your challengers?
2: Well, let me say about Mike Pence, he and I have known each other now for 15 years. He's a good man, um, and I like Mike Pence a lot. He's a good friend. Um, and and I wish him all the best. I don't want him to win. I'd like to win, but Mike's a wonderful guy. Um, I don't know Governor DeSantis all that well. We didn't serve together, and over time I haven't gotten to know him very well, so I don't have any firm opinions on him. But what it says is that in Donald Trump's world, loyalty is a one-way street. All these folks have been loyal to him, supporting him, and he attacks them now, belittles them, um, and makes them seem like, they are not appropriate for public office. Yet he endorsed all of those people, including me, over the course of time. It's a one-way street on loyalty with Donald Trump. And let me tell you, there's only one person he's loyal to. And it's the guy he sees in the mirror every morning. And that's not what we need in the White House. We need someone who cares about the American people, not someone who says, I'll be your retribution, when all he wants to do, Brett, is bring retribution for himself.
1: A lot of people look at your career and look back to... Your time as New Jersey governor and 2011 into 2012, you were on the front cover of Time magazine. The GOP was all over you saying you're the up and comer Uh, and you didn't run for president then. Do you regret that move?
2: Not one bit. I wasn't ready to be president of the United States, and I know that given the last couple of presidents we've had, that seems like a quaint theory, Uh, but I really believe you need to be ready to do this job, and I am ready now. I wasn't ready in 2011 and 2012, and I would never have gone out and asked anybody for their vote if in my heart I didn't believe I was ready. I'd been governor for a year and a half. I was not ready. Brett, and so I don't regret it at all. I know politics and I understand what people say, but everybody looks at that stuff backwards. I'm looking forward to winning now and to being ready to be the kind of leader that this country needs.
1: We'll continue right after this.
0: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. You're also
1: a former U.S. attorney and prosecutor, and you worked for a guy named James Comey. Uh, in that current position, he was just on, uh, the former FBI director, and he said this. He said about this election, it has to be Joe Biden, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country, and I'm not talking about policy. The president must be someone who abides by the law and our Constitution, and there's no one else but Joe Biden.
2: What, What do you think of that? Well, he's wrong. Okay, I'm committed to the rule of law, and he knows that because we enforced the law together when he was the U.S. attorney in Manhattan and then when he was my boss as the deputy attorney general. And he's been an awful disappointment. Someone who should talk about the rule of law, Jim Comey should have done his job as FBI director, um, and we wouldn't have been in nearly the fix we were in. We wouldn't have the Russia investigation, um, which if I were attorney general then, um, I wouldn't have recused from. Um, And I would have handled and shut down because it was nothing. There was nothing to it. Jim Comey led to all that stuff. And uh, if Jim doesn't think I'm committed to the rule of law, let me tell you something. I believe Mike Pence is committed to the rule of law. And I think he proved it on January 6th. I think Nikki Haley is committed to the rule of law. I think Doug Burgum is committed to the rule of law. You don't think the former president
1: is committed to the rule of law?
2: No, Donald Trump is not committed to the rule of law, and he proved that. Just to
1: be clear, you don't think he's committed to the rule of law at all? No.
2: No, Brett, I don't. And look, you know, the minute he's being investigated by the Department of Justice now for what he's done with the classified documents, we're going to see what they're going to do. But he's already calling them Marxist and fascist. Now, you know, look, I don't know what they're going to do. And I'll reserve my judgment on that indictment when it comes out. I commented on the indictment in Manhattan. I said it was political and I think it was wrong to do. And if I was the prosecutor in Manhattan, I would never brought that case. I think it's wrong. But we should judge these things based upon what prosecutors actually do. And having done that, and I could tell you this. Well, you just
1: said the Russian investigation was handled really poorly and actually portrayed and now portrays the former president, he portrays himself as a victim because of what happened. And it's happened numerous times now.
2: Well, look, he was a victim in that instance, right? And, and I, don't, I don't deny that, and I said it at the time. doesn't mean he's committed to the rule of law, Brett. Not every victim is committed to the rule of law. Um, And he is not a victim alone. He is a perpetrator. And you've seen what he did with the denial of the election results in 2020, with the attacks against anyone who said um, that the election was, in fact, legitimate and not stolen from him. And that has become his criteria for anybody's loyalty. You must pass that one first. That's not being committed to the law, Brett. That's being committed to your own self-interest.
1: How much of this race, this GOB primary, is going to be about Donald Trump? And how much is going to be about Joe Biden?
2: Oh look, I think it's going to be about both. Um, But in the beginning, in a primary, it's got to be about who is the best candidate for us to put up against Joe Biden to defeat him, Um, and who, based on their record and their ideas for the future, is the best person to stand across that stage from Joe Biden. We watched Donald Trump stand across the stage from Joe Biden in that first debate. You'll remember it well. I remember it. And he got his cock cleaned because he can't control himself, because he won't tell the truth. Because he rather interrupt and yell and scream and insult than inform. I don't know that we want a repeat of that movie, Brett. I really don't. And it's one of the reasons I'm running. But the biggest reason I'm running is because Joe Biden's failed policies for this country have led us to high inflation and disgrace around the world. And that needs to be changed. And we need someone who knows how to win suburban voters, independent voters. And I proved that in New Jersey twice.
1: What's the biggest world issue the U.S. is facing?
2: China. The biggest world issue we're facing is the proxy war we are engaged in right now with China. China is buying Russian oil and supporting the Russian war effort in Ukraine. China is going around the world spreading money and disinformation. They're stealing intellectual property and misusing it all over the world. They are trying to come to world dominance. This is going to be the fight of the next 50 years.
1: What do you make of the U.S.-Saudi relations?
2: I think Joe Biden has botched them. I think, quite frankly, our biggest problem in the Middle East is Iran, and we should be focused on that. And to the extent that we can come to accommodations with the Saudis in order to be able to fight against Iran, um, I think we should be doing that. And I think Joe Biden has botched the Saudi relationship pretty miserably.
1: you think the live PGA merger is a good thing?
2: Look, I just read about it this morning, as I'm sure you did. Um, I'm surprised by it, I have to tell you the truth. Um, I, I believe in free enterprise and people should be able to make the deals they want to make in the private sector, um, but I also worry a bit um, about the way that things are coming, other countries coming into this country and buying our assets. That concerns me a little bit, but I'd like to learn more about the deal before I give a firm opinion on it, but I was shocked by it, and I don't know if you were, but I was.
1: But there's a, there was a part of the town hall where you went after Ivanka and Jared Kushner uh, and said that they were grifters, is what you called them in the town hall. I did. Uh, for their interaction with Saudi Arabia.
2: No. It it could have been any country. Brett, when you have a position of trust in the White House, and it is so obvious that they traded on that position of trust to get a $2 billion payoff at the back end, I'm sorry, that's wrong. You sure of the numbers in the whole thing? I'm I'm definitely sure of the numbers, yeah.
1: And finish your sentence. You don't care where it came from.
2: I don't, you know, the, the point I was making last night was just factual, that the money came from the Saudi sovereign wealth fund for Jared Kushner, 2 billion dollars, someone who was deeply involved in Middle East negotiations and discussions from the minute he walked into the White House left. Why? Why is this president's son-in-law involved in that? Why is he running over Rex Tillerson and Mike Pompeo to be the lead negotiator? I think we now know why with the payoff that he got when he left office.
1: So for the people who say why are you spending time going down that road and not spending time on Hunter Biden? equally in China.
2: What, what do you say to them? Well What I say is, uh, we're one day in. <laughs> okay? I'll have plenty to say about Hunter Biden and China and the other foreign entanglements that the Biden family appears to be involved in. Um, but first, you've got to win a primary, Brett, and you have to distinguish yourself in that primary from those who are offering themselves up. And the president put himself first and his family first before the American people. If you're given the honor of being president of the United States... We should make this country big again, Brett. What Donald Trump has done is made us smaller by dividing us over and over and pitting people against each other. And Joe Biden's doing the same thing. I don't want a small America. I want a big America.
1: Obviously, you're going to park yourself in New Hampshire. It's kind of home court. uh, But you didn't finish well in 2016. What changed? What what are you going to learn from that this time around that's just going to change the dynamic?
2: Well, I think what's changed is that Donald Trump now has a record to discuss. In 2016, he came down the escalator at Trump Tower. He was a businessman and the star of a TV show. Um, And there was no record to discuss of his. And no matter what he said, you couldn't really dispute it. So he said he's going to build a wall across the entire border of the U.S. and Mexico. I didn't think he was going to be able to do that. I turned out to be right, but I couldn't prove it back in 2015 and 2016. Now we've proven it. He said Mexico was going to pay for it. That hasn't happened. He said he was going to change the immigration laws in this country. He had a Republican Congress right over there for two years. He never did one thing on immigration, Brett. And the immigration crisis we have today is not only caused by Joe Biden and his policies, but by Donald Trump's failure to change those policies when he had a Republican House and a Republican Senate. He said he was going to repeal and replace Obamacare. And we had a Republican House, and a Republican Senate, and he failed to do it. That's a failure of presidential leadership. Those are broken promises. And that's what's different in 2024, is that now there is a record to discuss. And I intend to discuss it, because if you're going to offer yourself up for what is essentially re-election as Donald Trump... You've got to be able to defend that record.
1: We can hear the attacks against Donald Trump. How much more are you going to be going after other opponents on that stage? And what do you say to people who say the larger the number of other candidates, the more likely it is that the former president becomes the nominee?
2: Well, we'll see how many candidates there are when the voting actually happens, Brett. As you know, that field changed in 2016 pretty significantly between this time in 2016 and by the time we got to Iowa and New Hampshire. But also what I'd say is everyone's got a chance to make their case. That's what our system is all about. And if you're not making a case, um, you're not going to stay in the race. Um, but what I'd also say is it's incredibly important, incredibly important for the Republican Party to decide we want to win again. Uh, This is not a loyalty contest, because if it was, Donald Trump would fail that, too. What this is is about who is best to beat Joe Biden and who is going to take on these issues. And once they get there, who's going to bring this country back together and make the big decisions that need to be made to make our country bigger, stronger, better around the world?
1: Are you ready for this again? The family's ready for it? Mary Pat's in?
2: Mary Pat is more in now than she was in 2016, truth be told, because back then she was working full-time, and we still had three of our four children at home. And so now none of our children are at home. Um, they're, we're empty nesters now. And so I think we're looking forward to us being able to be out there as a, as a couple, um, to be able to present um, our views and our vision to the American people. And I'm I'm thrilled that she's able to do that. And as for our children, two of the four of them showed up last night. So that's a win, Brad. <laughs> uh, when you have children in their 20s um, and and uh, you know, get them to come, that was yeah, pretty good. That's 50%, that's pretty yep, good. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll win this race. That's
1: right. Governor, thanks for the time. Brett, thank you. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.
2: Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.